Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Ben Wazalewski. He's a district manager in the Orlando, Florida area. We're talking all about things that homeowners do that can be dangerous to a tree. And I want to start off with string trimmers, Ben, because I have a Coosa dogwood out there. And trust me, I don't want my trimmer anywhere close to that thing. But I'm always, you know, a few inches away and uh, always worried about it. I, I know you've got to see string trimmers being used improperly around trees every day. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me. Yeah, down here in Florida, we see people hitting those trees with string trimmers all the time. Um, they, with our landscapers, they let the grass grow right up to those trunks and they actually will sit there and hit the tree thinking it's not going to hurt it at all. But honestly, in time, you'll start seeing that tree decline and they're wondering why. And uh, really, it's the tree. You're just basically hurting the tree. You're like giving it a cut every time. Like that'd be us cutting our arms with a knife all the time. Yeah. What's going on there when they're down there? I mean, that's that's removing layers of bark and, and other layers. Right. And that's that's we all know that's got to be terrible for a tree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. And that's really that outer section of your tree is the life support for the tree where it's bringing the nutrients up to the branches and then taking the sugars up and and uh, also bringing nutrients down into the root system. So, uh, you know, people don't realize it and they're undereducated on that kind of stuff. And that's one of the main reasons why we try to encourage people to put mulch rings around trees or a small layer of rock or something like that. So we don't affect that tree. So basically we want some kind of barrier to stop the guy with the trimmer, either the homeowner or someone who's maintaining the area so that they get to a certain point and they're like, stop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly it. And it also makes a tree look nice too. It's not just because I want it to have a nice ornamental look to it, but it does protect the tree and that can make the tree grow healthier in the future. Well, Ben, on the Talking Trees podcast, we talk a lot about the proper way to mulch and if we're going to talk about putting a mulch ring around a tree, let's briefly go over the important things about how that mulch should be applied and most importantly, how it should not be applied. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, like you said, you've talked about it before, um, but the best way, the best practice on applying mulch to a tree is having just a thin layer, one to two inches around the tree. You don't want to do a as they call volcano mulching, which is building up that mulch high up into the trunk. Because it's kind of like what you're doing to the tree. It's kind of like taking yourself. You dig a deep hole into the sand or into the, you know, into your dirt, and then you're covering yourself back up to your neck. Eventually, you'll suffocate, even though your head's out of the, in the air. And that's what you're doing to a tree. You're slowly suffocating it if you build it up too high. So what do people do with their mowers that the same sort of thing they're kind of banging into the tree. Oh, right. A absolutely. 
they uh, they have the grass that comes right to their tree and they say, okay, let's try to not string trim at all. And they get their mowers nice and close and they ding it just like string trimmers. And they take a huge chunk out and next fall or next spring, they look at their tree and they wonder why half of their tree's dead because they just took out half their life support. If someone's listening to this and they realize that they've been doing this the wrong way, is there anything they can be doing to their tree besides just stop doing that? Should they just let it heal naturally? You know, we have found out as arborists, the best thing to do is naturally let the tree heal itself. Um, there also is something called bark tracing, uh, but that's more on your larger, more mature trees, but you can do it on your young ones too. Uh, but that's where you should have a certified arborist come out and do it for you. Um, it's definitely a craft that the arborists know what to look for and how to uh, do the work on the tree to help heal it properly. So so what do you guys do uh, when you see a situation like that? What is that bark tracing? So bark tracing, what that is, is the tree starts to compartmentalize and it starts to create a barrier on the wound. And if you have the bark that has been kind of torn off the tree still, that's kind of hanging freely. Um, kind of like if you cut yourself uh, with a knife or something really hard and you have a flap of skin, what we want to do usually is we want to bring this piece of skin back and kind of either put on stitches or put a bandaid on it. But with a tree, you want to cut that loose bark off to where it started to heal. And uh, it will slowly help the tree grow back. Because if you leave some of that stuff on there, that can bring bugs and uh, other insects in there. But the rule of thumb that people used to know is painting it or putting tar or something like that. That now is starting to find out. We find out that that's bringing back in like insects and inviting new varmints to it. And just a reminder that the bark tracing, that's for the pros to do. Don't don't go down to your tree after you've been trimming and try and do that, right? That's something a professional should do that knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Yep. So what are some other things that homeowners are doing in their trees that are problematic? Well, big thing that we have down here in the South is a lot of homeowners think the more I take out of a tree, the better. And that by far is the total opposite. Um, when you're pruning the tree, you should take out at most 25% of the uh, structure of the tree. Uh, we do that a lot for hurricane season, storm season, um, or else if we need to get it away from a house or a building, pruning like that. But a lot of homeowners and industries feel, okay, let's elevate these trees super high so we can see our building from the street. And even though we come in and tell them, hey, you're hurting the tree, they don't care. They don't see it. They don't understand how the tree grows. Um, and also some people like to do something called hat racking where they basically top a tree because they want to bring the height of the tree down. And there's also different ways to do it on there as well. So t let's talk about topping. Again, we have talked about this before, but this is a very important topic. Uh, and I often tell the story of a friend who planted a tree on her patio and brought me in the the plant tag and said what do you think about this plant in a container and i tell them it's a magnolia that's going to get 30 feet tall and then she says oh well i'll just cut it at the top and keep it uh <laughs> you know, 
yeah. we, we, we know that is the absolute wrong thing to do. But, but talk a little bit about that, why it is such a bad thing to do. Well, when you top a tree, you have a strong chance of killing the tree. Um, the tree has a good chance of not surviving that. And when some trees do, it creates extra growth. So basically, if you top a tree, now you have made a tree push out extra uh, little branches like suckers from where your cut is. And after those grow, let's say three or four years down the road, uh, road that you now have four branches that came out of a one branch section. Now, all those are weak pieces. So now you basically created more of an issue for yourself. If you wanted to top a tree because it gets too big, now you're having it grow and now you have even weaker areas. And I guess it's just an example of, and you and I see it every day, a wrong tree in the wrong place, you know, absolutely not figuring how big it's actually going to get at maturity. Right. 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 Again, that's where you should be talking to your nurseries all around. You should be talking to your tree farms, tell them where you live, tell them what's around you, and then they can hopefully lead you in the right direction from there. Um, You know, going to your just typical box store and just grabbing something that's just sitting there you might not know what they might not know what that can do you know you said something interesting something i didn't think about specific to your location was pruning during hurricane season tell me a little bit about when you get to a landscape and and looking at it during that season what what are you looking for what do you, what do you have to do differently that we wouldn't do up here so down south what we try to do um, for hurricane season is we put a lot of holes in the tree. If you, in lamest terms, um, your trees are like a snail, right? And you want it to have wind blow through that tree. So you want to take out a bunch of the interior growth, not lion tail it, not like strip all the branches off. And all you have is a poof of uh, <laughs> plant material at the end. And some tree trimmers do that. And it looks really odd. But you just want to poke holes in there just so the wind will blow through freely. Um, That's the big thing that we uh, have people, you know, have our customers do. And also good clearance from any kind of building, like a four to six foot clearance. Um, And a lot of things do too that we're doing this time of year is tree inspection. Just to let homeowners know, hey, you know, you have a crack in here or you have a cavity in here. This, This branch might break off or something like that. Well, that's that's another great point there. Let's talk a little bit about that, uh, the importance of having a tree inspection. And I learned that myself, you know, uh, again, on the podcast, I often talk about living in this oak forest up near Pittsburgh. And I'm lucky to have a great arborist from Davie, but I should have had him out earlier to to look at the, the trees to see what the problem was. And now because of oak wilt, I have to wait until they're in dormancy to trim them that are hanging over my house. Right. So, so talk about the importance of having a certified arborist come and take a look at what's going on. Well, it is very important that you do have a certified arborist come out because certified arborists are licensed tree professionals that will give you the best advice in their professional way. If you have a, chucking a truck, come on out there. A lot of times they're just out there just to get their dollar. So they tell you instantly cut the tree down or you have to do this. 
arborists, especially with Davey, it's a free consultation to come on out and look at your tree and advise you in the right direction. Um, there's also certain things that, you know, that Davey offers that maybe we just come in and it just needs a good fertilization or something like that. Even though the trees might be a hundred years old or 50 years old, they still need nutrients every once in a while. So that's what the benefit of having a certified arborist is, is that it's a professional opinion to come out and do that for you. So when you have a big tree, how do you fertilize a, a big giant tree like that? So we do something, it's called Arbor Green. And what that is, is we will go around the base of the tree, starting from the trunk and go all the way out to the drip line. And it's a soil injection and it's pressurized with water. So it's kind of like a turkey baster that you stick into the ground and you walk around the perimeter of the tree, injecting the Arbor Green into the, uh, into the ground. Down south, it's every six months. Uh, because we're such sandy soils. So, um, and what this does is it just helps put that extra nutrient in towards those feeder roots of your tree. Um, so many homeowners and businesses have come through a year later and said, oh my gosh, how amazing do our, does our tree look now? It looks like a brand new tree. We were going to get it torn out. And, and that's what happens. Trees struggle and they just need a little kick in the pants. And so let's get back to homeowners a little bit. And when they're dealing with their their lawn early in the season, there's some stuff they can put down on that grass that could negatively affect the tree, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one product is, is pre-emergent, and this is more towards your young trees that you have just planted or young shrubs that have just been planted. The more mature trees that have been around for years, it doesn't affect as much, but uh, when you have a kind of like a growth regulator or something like that, that you put down, that's what a pre-emergent is in a way for uh, weeds to come in. Uh, something like that, if you get too much of that product around your tree, it will actually affect the root structure and try for it to grow. Um, also, Roundup. Uh, Roundup or glyphosate is the proper name on there. People sit there and they spray that all around the tree. Yes, if you do it just a little bit, it's not going to affect it. But when you put too much down, it's going to seep in a little bit and you can see damage to your tree. For me, there's nothing scarier than watching a homeowner with a big thing around up and no protection on and, you know, kind of willy-nilly spraying this down there. It's, it's something you have to be careful, especially around these young trees. What is your planting season like down there uh, compared to what ours is up, up north? We have a 10 month planting season. We maybe have like January, February is probably our coldest time where we don't really plant much. But after that, it's, you know, we'll go crazy. You know, everything, everything goes. So um, that's when we don't do like turf or something, you know, and put in sod. We do our sod starts like maybe in April all the way through like October or November. And same with plant material. It is, um, Really, April through October or November is when we are mowing every week and planting plants and planting turf and really going crazy. But we just have a couple months that nothing really germinates. So I'm just guessing, but I'm figuring, like up here, when we plant a tree in the spring, watering is everything. When you get to midsummer, is that the same thing down there? I would because it's so warm, or um, down here, yes. When you plant a tree, 
if we don't have the regular afternoon rains, then yes, you know, we, we make sure that we either put something called gator bags around it where it's a watering system or have irrigation connected to it or else have the homeowner or the individual out there with a the hose every day. But for example, this past week that we've been here down in Florida, we've been getting, I'd say probably one to two inches of rain a day. Um, so that's definitely sufficient enough for a tree that's just been established. So, um, and that's a great thing. If you just plant something in the spring, it might take you all spring or summer up north for that tree to finally establish. Down here, you planted in April or May, and it's established by maybe July, August. Wow. Yeah, just about five to six months, and they're fully established down here. You know, one other thing I was thinking about as a tree professional, when you start to see warnings for tropical storms and hurricanes and that sort of thing, is it just like, all right, guys? <laughs> get ready because the storm's coming or, or how do you, I mean, that would, to me, that would be like, Oh, we know we're going to be busy the next week. If this storm hits the way they say it's going to hit. Right. I wish it was just a week. <laughs> usually when, a, wow. usually when a hurricane comes through, like when Irma came through here and what was that 17 or 18, when she came through here, it wasn't a really strong one. I mean, okay, fine. 80, 90 mile an hour winds is still strong, but not compared to what we've had before, but those storms will come through and that came through, I believe in October and we were busy all the way through January, February cleaning up. So when we know a storm's coming, like the two years ago, Dorian was supposed to be a direct hit to Florida and then it turned off. If that would have hit, we were actually getting prepared where I know that other Davy crews, let's say, 15, 20, 30 crews will come down from around the country to come down to Florida to help. Um, and that's what makes Davy such an awesome company is because we have resources everywhere. But when it's a week or two out, you start planning. Let's make sure that your families are set first because you're not going to be home. Um, go buy a pallet of water, not just a case or two, like a whole pallet. Um, buy extra chains, buy by 55 gallon drums of oil. I mean, you have to think the huge mass of what to get because a lot of things are going to be closed. And when that happens, something like Dorian, when it does, it doesn't hit the way it was supposed to, that's got to be quite a relief, I'm sure. It is. It is definitely a relief. Um, and it just makes you realize after it does that, anything can happen. And that's why you always need to be prepared. And that's why we tell customers and we tell homeowners, don't wait until you see something on the radar. Think about this in April. Think about it in even February or March when it's slow. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to get my trees pruned now so I don't call Davy in June and find out, wow, they have a six-week backlog. And in that six weeks, that's when a hurricane can build up and flip on through. You know, that's great advice for anywhere in the country, whatever you're dealing with. Uh, I always like to ask, Ben, how, how did you get into this and, and why is this the, the right job for you? <laughs> well, funny story. I grew up in Western New York and I went to college in New York to build ski resorts. And that was my major was natural resources and how to build ski resorts. And I was getting set to move out West after I got, uh, got my education, came down with this visit, one of my buddies and, uh, never left. And then I started with another company years ago, and then 
ended up having a family and everything else down here. And I've been down here just about 23 years. So started off in New York and ended up in dreary old Florida, huh? <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Yeah. It was such a bummer. So, uh, but that's how it all, it all began. And I like to tell that story because people are like, you're down South climbing trees when you went to school to build ski resorts. And I'm just like, yep. And what is it about the job that you enjoy? I think the biggest thing that I love about this job is it's not the same thing day in and day out. There's always something different. It keeps my mind working. Um, even something simple. All of a sudden this chip truck is broken down or this guy doesn't come into work. You know, you have to, it's always, you get, it's always a puzzle that you're always trying to figure out every day. And I really like talking to customers and talking to people and seeing how they uh, see the job complete and see it in their eyes of like, wow, this is really good. So that feeling of satisfaction from the customer, I like. All right, Ben, I'm going to leave it right there. That's good stuff. Thanks for all that information. Sure. Appreciate it. And folks at home, put that string trimmer away when you're around the tree. You got, you got to protect that thing. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Next week, it's all about smart irrigation. And we'll talk to a turf expert about the right way to get things watered in your landscape. As always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.